Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. And this is pretty exciting news that we want to share. All right. Lots of cool stuff going on in the state of Georgia. Uh, they've introduced um, HB2, which is constitutional carry. We're going to dive into that and talk um, a little bit about it and what that could mean for my fellow Georgians here. Uh, Chad and I, of course, are here in Georgia, so uh, this is very much important to us locally as Georgians, and hopefully many of you watching are also in our home state here, so uh, maybe this will be relevant to many of you. Uh, before we get started, I would like to thank our friends at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting our videos. They have some awesome distance learning gunsmithing programs. If you're looking for a career in gunsmithing technology, you want to learn about reloading, uh, about more of the business side of being a gunsmith, there are tons of programs they offer. They've got some great financial incentives. If you're looking for a career in the gunsmithing world or in the firearms world, they're definitely a great group of people to look into. Check them out, Sonoran Desert Institute. So we're going to dive into this uh, here. I mean, HB2 has some very excellent implications for Georgians who yes. want to carry a you know firearm uh, in their everyday life without any type of crazy licensing requirement or anything. So the folks at Georgia Carry uh, were nice enough to put together uh, some layman's terms bullet points here. I'm so happy because we <laughs> need layman's terms around these parts there in Georgia. Oh, you want me to read it? Yeah, sure. I, I am better at reading than you sometimes. And writing. Summary and editing. of HB2. <laughs> this bill shall be known as the Georgia Constitutional Carry Act of 2021. All right, so, no, we're not going to do that. All right, so anyways, removes restrictions on carrying firearms in any park, historic site, or recreational area, removes the necessity to have a Georgia weapons license to carry a firearm for all lawful weapons carriers, provides definition for lawful weapons carrier, Repeals Code Section 1611-126 makes the Georgia Weapons License optional for reciprocity purposes, and we'll dive into that in a minute, give yeah. you some more details. Uh, basically replaces any requirement for a Georgia Weapons License in the Code Section with Lawful Weapons Carrier. So, more or less, the 2A is my carry permit, y'all, which yeah. it should be. Yeah, yes. that's great. So, you guys might notice something that's a reoccurring theme, okay? With us? No. Not not with us necessarily. With <laughs> let's just say state legislation across okay, the yeah, entire yeah. United States, right? We've noticed that uh, carry reciprocity has been a really big bullet point for a lot of different states. Yeah. Right? There's actually an interactive map. Um, we're going to put a link down below. You can check it out. But there's an interactive map, and you go up there and you change the the year. And it shows you in real time the amount of states that have adopted constitutional carry. And I think it's over 30 states now. Well, I think it's quite a, a few. It's not quite 30. I think that Florida had a bill recently that's going through the state legislature. And I think they would be the 22nd state. And if oh. Georgia's. I thought passes, it was more than that. No, I think it's only 22. But we'll, okay. we'll, we'll look. I do the editing. So you'll see a lower third yeah. here with a correction for maybe both of us. The point is if you look at this interactive map and you go and you slide the date and you can see the amount of states that have adopted constitutional carry, whatever that number may be, like you said, 22, 23, whether it's close to 30, it's somewhere in that ballpark, okay? The point is, though, you notice that there have been a lot of states that have adopted constitutional carry just in the last three or four years or so. So it's really interesting that many states have realized, you know what, People want constitutional carry. People don't want to have to have some license requirement to carry a firearm, okay? So that's really interesting, right? When we look at the way the face of the Second Amendment has changed uh, so drastically 
over the last, you know, decade, but even the last couple of years. I mean, you notice the surge in gun ownership in 2020, right? It was a crazy year for a lot of folks, but there's a lot of guns changed hands in 2020. And you've got all these folks that are new to firearms, that are learning, they're taking classes. I mean, they're they're trying to further themselves and protect themselves. And that's great, right? Folks from many, many different backgrounds, many different political affiliations. We won't go into that in this particular video. But the point is, people want to be able to protect themselves and carry guns in, in their everyday world, doing what they do in their everyday life with as little interference from the government as possible. So constitutional carry is a great way for states to show solidarity with the citizens of their state and to give them a bit of, of a payback, for, let, let's just say some payback <laughs> for all, all the crap we've had to put up with all these years, right? So the not only the face of the Second Amendment is changing, but the, the situation that the Second Amendment exists within in people's minds has changed. As we've said, that as the culture changes, so do the laws, right? So what is changing? the culture of carrying guns. More people widely accept the carrying of a firearm to protect themselves than they have in a long, long, long time, especially compared to 10 years ago, even compared to two years ago. So this is a very new thing. So as culture changes, so must the laws, right? And that's what we see here. I mean, this is Georgia constitutional carry. Like, this is a big deal. We should support this in every way we can. We should contact all of our state reps and our state legislatures and let them know, like, hey, you know, this is what we want, right? This is a huge part. And we look at the political, you know, sphere that Georgia exists within, where you've got these really large municipalities and these really large cities um, that tend to vote, let's just say, one way in terms of uh, when elections are around, or they might, maybe there's the perception that they have a certain political view just because they live there, but that's not really the case, right? Like, okay, sure, politically, you know, you look at a blue blob on the map and a red blob on the map and you think, all right, well, this is what it is because of districting or district lines or because of, you know, um, let's just say demographics, whatever. That's irrelevant. Everyone wants to carry a gun for protection. So the Second Amendment is becoming much less and less a political, let's just say, uh, bargaining chip for people across the board. And these politicians are having to walk a much straighter line in regards to the Second Amendment because they see that it's a hot-button issue for all sides of the political spectrum, not just what would traditionally be associated with, oh, well, only them rednecks out in the woods care about guns and the people in the city uh, you know, could care less about them. That's not true. <laughs> like, guns are totally here to stay for a wide variety of different people and a wide variety of different cultural uh, avenues in terms of where they live. Yep. Rednecks in the woods. Well, uh, whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, I'm guilty. That's so fine. <laughs> between pure constitutional carry and permitless carry, there is a distinction between those two. There's 21 states currently with Florida being potentially the 22nd, Georgia being potentially the 23rd. We got to bump them numbers up, y'all. We got to bump them numbers up. All right. <laughs> but um, some of the provisions, though, like with reciprocity, all right. So we've seen in, in recent years, there's been a lot of. Um, state-level legislation that has improved reciprocity for concealed weapons license holders in those respective states. Uh, recently, I think last year, maybe the year before, Georgia had a, a reciprocity law that got passed that you know helped more states have reciprocity with us. Uh, prior to that, we didn't have reciprocity with South Carolina. That changed. And most of these reciprocity... Uh, requirements kind of fall around the licensing requirement for training, all right? Some states require uh, a firearms course. 
which is a smart thing to do, okay? It's it's intelligent, okay, and responsible to be trained in the use of the firearm that you want to carry every day for self-defense. You Especially if you didn't grow up around yes. them, you weren't exposed to them. I mean, yep. It would behoove you to get some training so that you don't hurt yourself or someone else. Yes. But I will say this. I am not for there being a requirement. A requirement. I think yes. people should just take that upon themselves to do it. But they shouldn't need to be told to do it, and the, yeah. and the government shouldn't have a place to say, oh, well, we're going to require this. So just so we're clear, yeah. I, I'm not for requiring people to, it's, to it's intelligent. force people to yes. do something. It's intelligent, it's smart, and it's responsible to do that, but it should not be a requirement, as Eric mentioned. But right. uh, we did not have reciprocity with one of our closest neighbors all right, that we share a border with uh, just because of that requirement. But that changed in recent years. And, you know, you can you can have a few different carry permits and pretty much be good to go across the entire United States. But with this trend that we're seeing towards constitutional carry, you know, if this trend continues, then at some point we'll likely see a federal level, uh, maybe not a constitutional carry, you know, on a federal level or whatever, but definitely like a constitutional like reciprocity on a federal level. So you can go from state to state and not have to worry about whether or not you're breaking a state's law. If you're, you know, if, if the Second Amendment guarantees you that that right to own and bear those firearms and to travel with those firearms, then you should be able to do it in any state across this nation. I mean, that's just the bottom line. But also, the the thing with the uh, optional licensing, if you already have a concealed weapons permit, you know that you use it. Typically, when you purchase firearms, you don't have to go through a NICS background check, a National Instant Criminal Background Check procedure, right? Um, because you have that carry permit. You've already gone through the extensive background check with fingerprints and all that happy crap, and those licenses are good for five years. Most dealers will just check the little box that says, no background check required because a valid weapons carry license is has been presented, right? They'll take that information down, you sign the paperwork, they sign the paperwork, whatever, and then you walk out the door with your gun. Some FFLs will still run a background check, you know, because it's optional for them. You know, it may have been four years since you got that license and you may have become a prohibited person in that time frame. They'll still run a background check. You can't help that. That's up to the FFL's discretion. But in most cases, a carry permit, you know, gets you in and out of the gun shop a lot easier. And it does help, you know, having that carry permit for reciprocity purposes, uh, you know, because not every state in the country is a constitutional carry or permitless carry state. So if you have a permit, it behooves you to just renew it. I mean, like, I have two permits. I have a Virginia non-resident permit, and I have a Georgia carry permit. Yeah. So so let's anyways. backtrack just a little bit. Yeah, so one thing I wanted to, to piggyback on what Chad said about, so under this constitutional carry is this law that they're potentially going to pass in Georgia. Oh, they are going to pass it. So it doesn't mean you can't still get the permit if you want it. It just means you won't be required to, which is great, right? So anything that can remove boundaries to exercising our rights is something we should encourage. It's also worth noting that right now, literally, we are on the heels of this big Supreme Court case uh, involving, uh, it's, it's that, yeah, the New, New York's uh, permit system, mm-hmm. right? So we, we never know, right? If the Supreme Court winds up, let's just say, voting the way we want them to vote towards something like this, it could set forth a very distinct precedence that at the federal level, they may go, well, you know what? Permits are actually unconstitutional anyway. Mm-hmm. So not only can we not require permits for someone to exercise their rights, uh, we, we now have to reassess the entire 
system that we operate under for issuing permits, uh, uh, period, right? Uh, one could even argue that you could say that a $200 tax stamp uh, to purchase an NFA item is, is unconstitutional because you can't tax a right, right? Mm -hmm. There can't be a financial barrier put in place to exercise a right. When we look back at polling taxes, I'm not going to go far down this rabbit hole because I know this is We've a We've been down this rabbit hole in other videos. We've already like, discussed ding. it many times, but generally speaking, um, polling taxes are unconstitutional, right? And the reason they were doing it back in the day is they wanted to make it harder for the black community to vote. So they placed a financial barrier in front of voting so that folks that couldn't afford it wouldn't be able to afford the polling tax, right? Well, what more is a $200 tax stamp than exactly that, than disenfranchising certain groups of people that may not be able to afford the $200 tax stamp and providing a barrier uh, of entry that they can't afford and they then cannot, that they cannot exercise their constitutional rights? What if a... Uh, AR pistol or rifle or what have you, you know, a 10 and a half inch Daniel Defense Mark 18 with a suppressor, uh, a magnifier, a red dot, and a sling, and set up really nice and ready to go. What if that is a tool that I just choose to be the tool I want to protect myself with? So you're telling me that I have to pay an additional $200 to exercise my rights to have access to the tools that I deem necessary for protecting my family? So that's where this is ultimately going, mm -hmm. right? Not only is this current Supreme Court case challenging the constitutionality of permits anyway, but then it can also lead the way, if this goes accordingly, to not only federal constitutional carry, um, but also potentially even, I mean, I don't want to say, shall we repeal the NFA? I mean, I would if I could. If I could wave a magic wand and repeal the NFA tomorrow, I would. But there are certainly some constitutional loopholes and constitutional quandaries we have to consider in regards to the NFA that I believe have, have long gone unanswered and unattended to. And that's some housekeeping on, let's just say, a national level that we really need to do is, is, is take this all the way to the Supreme Court. All right, where are your ears? I'm going to pull you back up out of that rabbit hole. That's Whoop. right. All right, look. But um, it's related. It is. It is related. Um, the the the. The main premise of like the the Supreme Court case that's going through right now with New York um, is in regards, as Eric mentioned, to whether or not a state can uh, make it so difficult to to get a permit, you know, or if it's one of those deals where it's like a may issue, you know, it's at their discretion, uh, and and some authority figure is going to decide whether or not you need that carry permit. I think that's more or less what the, the Supreme Court case is is really discussing because I think that uh, in the big picture, the, the permit systems that states have in place, it's still going to be left up to the states. But it's going to be like, if you go and you apply for a carry permit in, in XYZ state, they have no right to deny you that permit, right. the issuance of that permit, if you are not a prohibited person. That's the idea there. But it's a small stepping stone towards other things that we've mentioned in this video and in the past. There are currently eight states that the authorities have discretion to deny permits to anyone who can't show a special need. And that's the and May, that's what this, that's what issue, this right. Supreme Court uh, case is sort of mm -hmm. looking to go after. Like, can a state literally just deny you the ability to carry a firearm in self-defense for any reason. I mean, you know, uh, D.C. versus Heller already, you know, showed us that, that it's an individual right, right? So there's a lot of constitutional 
crap going on that we need to really be paying attention to, right? So uh, the Georgia constitutional carry law is a is a tiny microcosm of, of that giant fight. And we should definitely support um, this piece of legislation to get passed in Georgia so we can add ourselves to that list of states. And the more states adopt constitutional carry, and as you see that interactive map, a lot of states have adopted constitutional carry in very recent years. But the more states we can get on board, eventually the feds are going to have their hands be forced to go, you know what? Well, I guess this is just not a thing anymore. Like, yeah. all, you know, if if 43 states, or what was it? It was eight states. Mm-hmm. So if 42 states have constitutional carry and the other eight want to be sticks in the mud, I mean, at what point do you have to go, you know what? This is what the majority of people want. Yeah. Well, um, look, it, it's a slippery slope, really. We, we've discussed this in the past, but it's a perfect time to kind of reiterate it. But we, we've seen over the past just decade, Look at the past decade and how gun culture as a whole has changed. We won't dive into all the details, but you see so many states, you know, put forth constitutional carry legislation, you know, easing uh, gun restrictions on state level, things like that. You haven't really seen like new assault weapons bans and things like that popping up because, you know, the, the common thing now is that people want to own guns. People want to have those tools at their disposal for self self and home defense and you know just overall self-reliance and such you know we've seen a lot of different people from different backgrounds and demographics get into firearms recently we've seen a lot of people getting into hunting recently so the culture is definitely shifting you know towards that pro gun pro 2a mentality and as long as we keep up you know that momentum getting more people into the fold for gun ownership and for the 2A as a whole, then we'll see more of these state-level battles won in favor of the 2A community as a whole. I agree. Anyways. Yeah, and, and here's the thing is no matter what happens federally, right, states still have the ability yes. to, you know, pass laws that, Look, they, that they deem good or bad, you know, you know, pro-2A or anti-2A. Right. You know, it, it goes both ways. I mean, I would like to see federal, uh, you know, constitutional carry be a thing. But there would still be extremely anti-gun states that if they want to pass their own individual crap, they can. So yeah. that is the beauty of our republic, right? The way that we're set up is that, you know, states have the ability to pass whatever laws they want that affect their state, right? So um, there's a lot of things to consider. I mean, look at, all right, look at the other end of this spectrum. I don't want to go down this uh, particular subject too much, but I'll just use it as a quick example, right? Look at marijuana. Look at cannabis, Okay. There are a lot of, uh, I mean, cannabis is federally unlawful, but there are many states that have decriminalized and or opened up the floodgates for cannabis right now. We're not going to go too far down the down the subject, but that's an example of a place where the, the feds have said no and the states have said, well, screw you, we're going to do what we want. Now, it doesn't mean that the feds still won't come in and arrest the crap out of you for it, but that's a step in the right direction if that's what you believe. And I think that gun rights are the same way. Like, gun rights are the... Um, prohibition of our time, right? Look at when alcohol was was a, a big no-no, right? You know, they they passed it where alcohol was unlawful, you couldn't drink and all this crap, and people just eventually just said, screw it, we're, we're going to do it anyway. Yep. And through mass non-compliance, they had no choice but to just repeal uh, the law because, I mean, people just simply, when you had, you know, the sheriff in there getting trashed with everybody, that's pretty. At that point, I think it's pretty unenforceable. <laughs> it's unenforceable yeah, at that yeah. point, and I think there's going to be a point where um, society as a whole needs to realize that not only are gun laws unenforceable, 
but people don't want gun laws. People want freedom. People want the freedom to choose, uh, the freedom to protect themselves, to carry a firearm for self-defense, and have as few barriers in place uh, as possible. And I think that that is an awesome thing that that hopefully we're going to get accomplished in Georgia here. So make sure you call all of your reps and let them know you really support uh, this piece of legislation and you want to see it go through. I will say this in closing. If there is a political reason they're doing it too, don't think that this is just a once and done and we're, we're done with this thing. Don't sit on your hands and assume that this is just going to go right on through uh, because we've got so many good old boys in Georgia. That's not necessarily true. There's a political reason they're doing this too. Look what's coming up. Primaries, right? You know, 2022, there's, I mean, elections Midterms, right around the corner, yeah. right? Kemp is trying to get reelected. Stacey Abrams is running against Kemp. So Kemp needs something to hang his hat on and say, look what we got accomplished this last year so that he can solidify his voter base to get out and actually vote. Now, without mm-hmm. getting, well, look. I don't want to get into this rabbit hole, but there's a lot of people stayed home yep. in 2020 in Georgia. So well. he's trying to, this is a political ploy, although an effective one and something we all deserve mm-hmm. and need, but it is at its heart a political chess move to ensure that people will actually get out and go, you know what, mm-hmm. Kemp did us a solid, so we're going to go out and make sure that we vote for him. So, see, well, that's, look, that's the in- intended. There's also there's other Republicans and such running against Kemp, too, in the primary, so we're going to see where that goes, because a lot of Georgians are unhappy with Kemp right. You know, right now, based on things that happened during the last election cycle. You know, right. and a lot of people were scared you know, staying home because of things that, like, Lynn Wood said. Right. And just things that were said out in the media, it kept a lot of people at home. And it's probably why we're in the predicament we're in right now in the Senate. We're in full damage control. However, however, one thing that I think is important to kind of keep in the back of our minds is, you know what? I'll take it. If that's what it takes to get constitutional carry passed, I don't care how it gets done. (laughs) I don't care. I really don't. I don't give a crap what letters next to somebody's name on a piece of paper that you I don't give two craps. All I care about is my rights. Right. So at the end of the day, we can worry about the traitors in our midst later. Let's get constitutional carry passed and we'll worry about getting a better gov- governor elected later. Well, we'll see uh, you know, how things go in Georgia and we'll see who the traitors really are, well, you know, where they really stand. That's on the just it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Well, you know, the thing is, once you have a voting record and, and someone votes nay for this piece of legislation, that's a way that you identify the people that don't think the way you do. E. So. You know, that's why you end up seeing on the state level that sometimes something like constitutional carry, or let's just say any gun legislation, you notice that it's hard to get something, you know, put up for a vote, or it's hard to move legislation forward related to guns, because there's a lot of people that are afraid to go on record, on voting record, on guns, right? There's people that may have campaigned on being pro-gun, but if given the choice to vote on a piece of gun legislation, they might actually not vote the way you think they would. So it forces people to take a stand for or against a certain uh, thing, which, you know, in this case, firearms is a very important thing to a lot of people. It's a hot button subject for a lot of people. And constitutional carry is most certainly the top of the pyramid in terms of importance for many, many people. So whoever came up with this idea to do this was very smart politically because they know this is going to force uh, the rats out of the hole. And anyway, there, there's our presentation. But definitely support constitutional carry in Georgia. Let's see who is really uh, who they say they are. Yep. And then uh, in 2022, we can vote accordingly. And I think that's that's what this comes down to. We shall see. We certainly we shall, shall see. We shall see, indeed. 
Uh, big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for supporting what we do. We really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so very much. Also, go over to Ballistic Inc. and pick yourself up a snazzy new t-shirt. Uh, that's one of the most direct ways you can support us. Um, many more videos on the way. I hope you've all had a great Christmas. I know we're coming off a, a break here, but thank you guys very much for the support. Have a great day. Many more videos on the way. See you guys.